Good morning, friends, and welcome to Wake Up in the Word. Thanks for joining me this morning. We're back in the upper room with Jesus and his disciples, and today we're going to see an interaction between the Lord and one of his best friends, Simon Peter. Let's see what's going to happen this morning as we get there. We're down all the way in verse number 36. This is after Jesus has given the brand new command, love one another as I have loved you. Well, and you would think that the next response from any disciple would perhaps be about this love command, but no, Simon Peter is focused on something else Jesus said when he said, hey, you know, I'm going somewhere and you can't follow, not, not yet anyhow, and this just seems to have disturbed Peter. It's gotten his craw and he's got to say something about it. That's where we find him in verse number 36, where it says, Lord, Simon Peter said to him, where are you going? Where are you going with this, Lord? I mean, you, you mean you're going somewhere that we, we can't show up and work with you and follow you and hear you? What do you mean you're going somewhere we can't go? So Jesus answered, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow later. Well, that should have been enough. But listen to the way Peter responds. Lord, Peter asked, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. How does Jesus respond to this wonderful declaration of Peter? I think most of us would have said, oh, my dear friend, thank you so much for that encouragement. You'll lay down your life for me. That's great. It's not what Jesus does. In verse number 38, Jesus replied, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, I tell you, a rooster will not crow until you've denied me three times. Now, this interaction has a a lot of implications, and we're going to look at even in one of the other Gospels this morning. Listen to the way uh, Emma Owens talks about this. He said, you know, there can certainly be no question of Peter's sincerity in his response to Jesus' love, but it seems that he had little understanding of the pressures around him or of his own inherent weaknesses. There was, however, a very real difference between Peter's denial of Jesus and Judas' betrayal that we looked at a couple of days ago. Peter failed because of sudden temporary fear, but Judas deserted Jesus because of deliberate rejection. Far different circumstances, right? All right, back to Owens. He said, Jesus punctured Peter's lofty resolve with a penetrating analysis of his character. He knew this impulsive disciple better than Peter knew himself and told him plainly that he would deny his Lord three times before the morning. Now, Jesus singled Peter out for this blunt announcement, but he did not forsake him. The love of Christ restored Peter because he readily, though unsteadily, responded to it. Now, to get insight on this, let's go to one of the other Gospels, because over in Luke's Gospel, we have a little more of the interaction, some things that Jesus said that John did not record now, please, don't, don't get the idea that, oh, wait a minute, one gospel says something, the other one doesn't. Oh, that's, isn't that a contradiction? No, of course it's not. For those of you who've been in uh, jurisprudence or you've uh, studied law and legal terms or you've been in law enforcement, you know that if everyone's testimony is identical down to every period, you know there probably has been collusion. And it may be because they have all gotten together in a back room and decided what the testimony is going to be like so that they want to all present an identical picture of what happened because they have ulterior motives. Instead, you don't look for 
identical accounts, you look for accounts from different perspectives. Because if someone is on the left side of an event, someone's on the right side, and someone else is overhead, they're all going to have different perspectives of what is taking place. They're going to see and notice certain things that others don't. It's by putting those together that you get the complete picture. Let's put the complete picture together of the interaction with Peter and the Lord Jesus during this time by going back to Luke chapter 22. In verse 31, Jesus says to him, Simon, Simon, look out. Satan has asked to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Lord, he told him, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. I tell you, Peter, he said, the rooster will not crow today until you deny three times that you know me. Now, in Luke's detail, he adds some things there that help us to clarify the attitude of Jesus toward Peter. Jesus isn't throwing Peter under the bus. He isn't kicking him to the curb. Instead, he's giving him a revelation of who he really is and things he needs to watch for. And he's saying, you're going to figure this out, Peter. And you're going to turn around when you, you know, the, the old King James used the word converted doesn't mean he was converted from lostness to being saved. What it means is he's going to have a change of heart. He's going to turn around. He's going to do something bad and repent of it is what it amounts to. So what should we take away from this? I want you to listen to the words of Dr. Tony Evans as he gives comment to this passage. Jesus poured cold water on this fiery disciple because he wanted Peter to put his pride to death. He was talking a good game, but he wouldn't be able to back it up with action. So too often, we're exactly like Peter in our minds. We envision ourselves as better disciples than we actually are. Pride will cause us to think too highly of ourselves and then fall flat on our faces. Could I get a witness? Can you raise your hand and acknowledge it's happened to you? Yeah, me too. Be careful, especially when Satan sends one of these little demons to sit on your shoulder and say, you know, you're really a good Christian. You're the best member of that church. Matter of fact, you've got insights some of the others don't know. You're smarter than everybody else and begins to build the, the pride up in your soul and in your system so that then when the temptation comes, you're the one that opens your mouth and says something stupid, maybe hurts feelings, maybe shows yourself. And, you know, this is what pride does. The Proverbs says pride comes before a fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. Those of us who are born again in the family of God are not immune to this. Just like Peter, we can have that weakness in our own selves that begins to pump us up and make us think we're something that we are not. That's when the fall comes. So friends, let's take a good lesson from the Apostle Peter one who learned later that humility is actually the way to go. And he learned his lesson well, even after he fell. So friends, can't you and I do the same thing? Maybe you've had that fall of pride. Now is Satan trying to use that to say you should never serve, you should never do anything, oh, you're no good. You know, it's amazing. He tries to get you both ways. Remember, just like Peter, the Lord says, I've prayed for you. And I want you to turn around and recognize that I've never left you, even when 
you in pride puffed yourself up and fell off your pedestal. I'm there to pick you up, to forgive you, to restore you, and give you yet another chance, my friend. So let's learn from what happened to Peter. We'll see some of that even later, but for right now, just remember, the Lord hasn't left you, even though you may feel abandoned. You're having, you're, you're having some kind of feelings that, oh, I'm just not worried. I don't, I don't sense God. I don't just feel God working. You don't have to feel God to know he's there. My friends, he's there is a fact. And when Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, I'll be with you always to the end of the age, that's a promise. The promise is true, whether you magically feel it or not. He was with Peter, even as Peter was denying that he even knew Jesus. And we'll see how that plays out a little bit later. But in the meantime, I think I'm through for the day. Don't walk in pride today. Walk in the humility of the Lord and see his power begin to come alive in you. Well, God bless you. We'll do this again right here tomorrow as we wake up in the word and continue to see what Jesus is telling his followers in the upper room. God bless you.